Welcome to Audacity Works, a podcast inspired by and dedicated to the working artist, the creative entrepreneur, and generally doing the damn thing. This exists on the premise that the world belongs to those who have the audacity to believe that their lives have value. This is for you. Welcome to Audacity Works. I am your host, Rachel Strickland, and this is episode 26, which is all about Beltang. So, I said it like that because that's the American way to say it. As so often happens in America, it's not actually the correct way to say it. Uh, you just didn't know any better, and the way it spells, it's spelled, excuse me, it looks like Beltane. And I've been calling it Beltane, you know, for like over 20 years. And what it is, is uh, the next up in the heathen holidays that I've been telling you all about. Uh, there are eight a year. They're on the Wheel of the Year, which is a, a modern day calendar um, marking many not modern holidays and pagan holidays. And uh, this is the second of the fire festivals. The first fire festival was in bulk on February 1st, which I did a long episode about. And I get super into cleaning my house and baking bread around that time. Uh, the festivals in between the fire festivals are solar festivals, and those denote equinoxes or solstices. So right now, we're halfway between the equinox and the summer solstice on May 1st. May 1st is the day to celebrate Beltane. Now let's talk about how I'm saying that, because I already told you it was incorrect. I didn't know it was incorrect, and I finally learned thanks to my good friend, Ashling Nikelly, who very kindly taught her patrons last year or the year before that the correct pronunciation for this word, which is an Irish word, is Bialtina. And I, how am I doing, Ash? Bialtina. Bialtina. And it's Irish for May, the month of May. Never knew in all my research. Uh, never found it. So very grateful to Ashling for helping me say a word correctly especially a word that means so much to me and the festival that it denotes means so much to me and has for a long time. So for the remainder of this episode, I'm going to be attempting to say it correctly. And I'm sorry to my Irish friends for the way that I'm failing at that. I'm going to put the link to that particular post of Ashling's in the show notes and which uh, she also gives us a really kick-ass playlist entitled Bialtina. If you follow the etymology of the word, uh, I've heard many different things. I've read many different things. Some say uh, it means like tree fire, but it appears that the most answers lead to bright or fire or light. And you can't have Bialtina without a fire. That's like one of the most important things. So some kind of fire needs to be involved if you have plans on celebrating this holiday. And the holiday marks the beginning of summer. So spring is in full force. The spring that was promised at Imbolc has come and it has ripened fully. And now we are edging into summer and the ripening summer of Bialtana is upon us. And this holiday can be considered uh, the time of year when the dark and light gods are battling it out. And you may have heard these gods represented as the Holly King, which is uh, the masculine deity associated with the dark half of the year, the winter half of the year, and the Oak King, which is the deity associated with the light time of the year, the spring and the summer. 
So those guys duke it out for the affections of the goddess, for the privilege of being the consort of the goddess. And every year at this time, the Oak King wins. And they're not actually like, you know, separate forces. They're the same archetype. Well, they're two different archetypes of the same representation of masculinity and masculine energies. And whoever wins the battle, uh, which is the Oak King, wins it every year so far because we have not yet plunged into nuclear winter. Knock on wood. But the Oak King gets to be the consort of the goddess, and together they will copulate outside as God and nature intended. So unlike a lot of the other pagan festivals, the history of Bialtana goes way, way, way back, and it there are lots of modern takes on it. And I have talked about this before, like, does something being old make it more vital? Uh, sorry, not vital, more valid. I'm not much of one for reconstruction, uh, like, especially when it comes to classic mythology. Like, let's do things exactly the way they were done hundreds of years ago. But like, why? Why? Uh, because in order for something to be relevant for us and to move us, doesn't it need to be incorporated into how we're living now? My answer is yes. So I'm releasing this episode. Uh, it's going to be April 26th on a Wednesday, 2023. So that anyone who's interested will have some time to like noodle on things. And if you choose to celebrate it in your own way. So if you go back into the history of Bialtana, then you will find that this is, it was a pastoral people, right? And we're talking ancient Ireland here, who relied heavily on their herds. Livestock was money. And at this time of year, they could drive their livestock into the summer pastures to, to graze and, you know, get all fat and happy and stuff for the rest of the warm weather. And as such, this is, uh, this is a time for giving thanks and gratitude. So gratitude, blessings, and cleansing were big themes of this holiday historically, and hopefully contemporarily. And fire, as I said, you can't have Bialtana without fire. And often there were two bonfires lit, and the cattle and the other livestock would be driven between these two fires as a ritual purification. Uh, I have also read that there could have been some scientific validity to this ritual and that perhaps being so close to so much heat would help to kill off any parasites on the skin and in the hides of the animals like fleas and stuff. Also, people were, they would pass between the two fires and if you only had one fire, jumping over it was uh, a popular pastime as both an act of uh, symbolic cleansing and uh, for a blessing. This has also been a, a popular time for hand fastings. Hand fastings are sort of like marriage light. And to, to be hand fast, a young couple comes to the top of a hill and says some words to each other. And then in the eyes of their community and themselves, they are married light for a year and one day. And then if they choose to uh, continue their union, they can do so. And if they're like, you know what, this isn't working out the way I thought it would, I think that 
we had a good run. They go back to the hill, turn, and walk away from each other in the opposite direction. No harm, no foul. Not such a bad system, is it? Thus giving that couple um, adequate time, a year and a day, to live together, share a home together, share a life together, and, and see how they gel. Another historical tradition seems to be the May tree or the May bush, which is a bush or a tree, hopefully one that flowers, particularly yellow flowers, which seem to be particularly relevant to the like fiery aspect of this holiday, to be decorated with painted shells, eggshells, more flowers, ribbons, and anything shiny, and that May tree or May bush would stay decorated until May 31st. I don't know, I gotta lie, that sounds super fun to me. Like, I think I'm gonna do that. If I only had a tree, and that is a joke, because anyone who follows me on Instagram will know I am pretty obsessed with trees and that I'm surrounded by them, and that is not an accident. So maybe join me, I don't know, decorate a May bush. Sounds fun. Historically, this is also a really good time to appease the fairies. Uh, and don't laugh, because they can hear you. And ways to appease the fairies uh, include leaving offerings of, you know, shiny things, trinkets, flowers, and milk and honey. This was done in the years of yore uh, because especially dairy products were thought to be particularly vulnerable to the influence of fairies and that in causing their mischief, they would turn the milk or turn the butter. So keeping them happy was a way of, you know, trying to ensure that that didn't happen. And sure, what's it going to hurt anyway to leave a dish of milk outside? Now, modern day uh, Wicca, if you're going to get real particular about it, treats Bialtana more like a fertility festival than the original cleansing, healing, blessing occasion that it appears to have originally been. I think there's room for all of it. Um, why not? It seems kind of difficult to separate this time of year with the gratitude of fertility and the relief of warmth after the long darkness of winter. Because we look around us and everything is, beyond all odds, coming back to life and the trees are filling out. We're like, oh, thank God. Uh, fertility still exists. So why not include all of these things if you want to celebrate Bialtana? Bialtana, Bialtana, how am I doing, Ash? If you want to celebrate this year, here are some ways that you can do that. Other than, you know, creating a may tree or a may bush, which just sounds super fun. Um, lighting a Bialtana fire uh, is, you know, it's kind of necessary. Light something on fire in a responsible way. Uh, and something that you can do that does have archaic origins, if you're into that kind of thing, is to light a candle from the Bialtana fire and bring that into your home, especially if you're doing this as a community. Uh, that can be a nice way to symbolize the sharing of resources. You can create a Bialtana altar with things from outside, acorns, oak leaves, flowers, dirt, you know, whatever you find outside and just bring it into the home and make it beautiful as a way of like being able to look at something inside and remind yourself life continues. I'm told that visiting holy wells is also a popular pastime uh, to observe this holiday. I am fresh out of holy wells here in uh, Charleston, South Carolina, but like the ocean is right there. So maybe I will go 
take a frigid dip. People will laugh at me because y'all be going swimming in the winter up in Scotland and stuff. And I don't know how you do that because I still think that it's the water is freezing here when it's like um, 75 degrees. But uh, anyway, maybe I'll give myself a little baptism in the creek, in the tidal creek, with the dolphins and stuff. So there's another idea for you. You can honor the abundance of the feminine energies and aspects of your life and your ancestors by observing your female ancestors on your altar. Uh, In particular, I like to put tobacco on my altar because my grandma loved to smoke. It was like her favorite thing. So I'm going to be putting a little pile of tobacco and a tomato for Granny Bet because she loved both of those things. And if you have anything that belonged to them, um, then you can use that as well. I'll probably also wear a ring that my mom gave me when I turned 30 that had belonged to her. Other ways to celebrate, you can wear green. Uh, No big mystery there. You can make a crown out of flowers. So much fun. Then wear it to work and don't explain it to anyone. Just Send me a selfie with a thumbs up. I will be so happy. If you are a homeowner, a landowner, and you steward a patch of dirt, walk that patch of dirt um, with whomever you share stewardship with and give thanks and uh, ask for protection in the coming year. And, you know, I always think that any festival and honestly any hour of any day is a good time to write down the things that you wish for to set your intentions like in ink on paper force yourself to really name these things and then chuck it in gratitude into the fire mass catharsis and i've saved the best for last because it to me the best and most optimal way to really honor this holiday is by doing it outside. And really any kind of consensual adult intimate exchange is a way of honoring this time of year and your place in the way of things. And you can rest assured that many people are joining you in this endeavor if you choose to undertake it and have for a very, very long time. Back in college when I had the luxury of having my coven all in one city, in one state, and we all lived close to each other and we would have rituals uh, to celebrate most of these holidays. But Beltane was the one that we always seemed to put the most work into. Like we would go camping, you know, camping is not a big deal to some people. It's a big deal to me. You got to pack up all that shit. You got to buy s'mores. You have to get sleeping implementations and then go out into the woods somewhere. And it's a commitment, right? And that commitment is what made these holidays so memorable to me because I'm not a big camper. And we would often denote roles uh, to, to reenact the mythology behind the holidays. And the, the memory of the sight of my coven sister, Mel staring at me across the fire with the shadow of antlers over her head, is burned into my brain forever. And I'm so glad. And sometimes we would invite other people and like our our partners or our friends, and we would decorate our hands and bodies with henna. 
and uh christy always had this like s'more ritual where like she saw it as like she was representing the union of the masculine and the feminine energies into the sacred marriage and she's like yeah that obviously this is about making s'mores um so she would do that and they were delicious it was just really special how we put so much effort into doing something so unlike everyday life. Like it fit into our lives, but it was designated as something special or something different. We're going out into the woods and we're going to stay there all night and we're going to bring hot dogs and we're going to make the sacred s'mores and Rachel's going to bring a blow up mattress and her feather blanket because that's just how she flies. And we could hear the water from the creeks around us and the woods were lush and still coming back to life and smelled amazing. And just to share time with your people outside and like being in it, that is magic. Magic is not hard. Magic is easy. Magic is everywhere. That's a, a quote from Christina Canizares. I think it came to her in a dream and... Damn, if that's not exactly correct. Magic is easy. Magic is everywhere. I know that I have not mentioned maypoles. Um, I I didn't really research them. I've never felt particularly drawn to them. They always kind of weirded me out. It's like, put this giant phallic structure in the middle of a common area and then get all the maidens uh, that are female presenting, so the girl children, to decorate it. And that's just... This is that seems weird to me, but like you do you. If that sounds like a good time, uh, I applaud you. I celebrate your choice to do that. Okay, one one last story from Bieltina of past, uh, my past, uh, May fourth. So a few days after the proper holiday, I was living in Louisiana. I was in love with Manflesh, who lived in Washington State. And he was about to go underway on a submarine for three months. And I wasn't going to get to talk to him for that long time. And of course, this just felt like sublime torment. So uh, he pulled some kind of magic trick and flew to Louisiana. We hadn't seen each other in many, many years. And my dad, I was living with my dad and dad and my stepmom. They were supposed to go on vacation, but the vacation got canceled at the last minute. I'm like, okay, well, this is awkward. Um, because I'm living in your house and I've got company and I don't want to have company in your house. So I set up a tent under this enormous live oak tree in the backyard and I had a blow up mattress. I had a comforter. I had a fan cause it was hot. And I don't know if you know this, but like men sweat a lot. They seem to get hot all the time, but that is how I was able to receive Manflesh that one May so many years ago, which was, of course, the beginning of the rest of my life. Happy Bieltonet indeed. I'm looking at the time, and I, this is like a little, little bit shorter, a little bit sweeter. I hope that you have many things to be grateful for, and I hope that you honor those things and celebrate them and make something special happen for yourself, just because why not? Let's do something that we're going to remember and and not just Netflix and chill. Happy summer, my friends. I'll be back again next week. Uh, I'm still working through the list of requests, and if you have more to add to it, I would love to hear them. 
Uh, you can reach me on Instagram at Rachel Strickland Creative or on Patreon at Rachel Strickland Creative. Thank you so much for being here. And I hope that you enjoy the beginnings of summer. Bring it on and don't go back to sleep. <laughs>